This week on the Vergecast, Dieter, something happened to his Galaxy Fold. We're going to talk about it. And Apple settled with Qualcomm. And there's a little bit of PS5. This on the Vergecast. Support for the podcast comes from Canva. Presenting to a group of your colleagues can be nerve-wracking. So why not ease some of that anxiety with Canva? Thanks to their AI, you can start with a simple prompt and watch Canva go to work. Choose your favorite style, customize the content, and that's it. You're done. It's a serious time saver. Whatever you do for work, Canva presentations can give you a head start on your deck. You generate sales presentations, marketing decks, HR onboarding plans, you name it. Finish your deck faster. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com, designed for work. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello, and welcome to The Vergecast, the flagship podcast of The Verge ecosystem. You know, people just send me emails. I get cold pitches from PR people now that are like, hey, man, been listening to The Flagship. It's <laughs> good. That's we great. really put that out in the world. Anyway, I'm Neli, your friend. Dieter Bone is in the studio with me. In New York City. He's in New York. And yeah. what an adventure you have had I in this had city, my friend. Time. Paul Miller is here. Hello. All right. I, you know, there's like all this stuff to plug. Just listen to last week's episode, the top of it. Get all the links. Get all the plugs. <laughs> like there, there's there's something happening in this world. Yeah, and it's the Galaxy Fold <laughs> being, Which, being broken. Yeah. <laughs> so let me just set it up, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna did or take it away because oh this has been his emotional experience. So Samsung Galaxy Fold, as you know, if you've been listening to the Vergecast, we are all very excited about folding phones because mm-hmm. they're neat. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's the there's no. There's no practical excitement here. We actually had to make a big, long, like, argument, especially on Twitter and, like, elsewhere, to get people to stop for just a minute and think about how they're neat before they jump right into, like, but what will go wrong? Yeah. Just, like, <laughs> sit with the neatness for a minute. Yeah. It's neat. It's, it's a, they're cool. It's like a little piece of the future, folding screens. You got a, do you want a taco? We made a whole chart of all the names you could give them. Yeah. We had fun with folding screens. And then Dieter got one. Yeah. The Samsung Galaxy Fold, which a reminder cost $1,980. Yep. Did a did a hands-on. Did a hands-on. Played around with it. Uh they, we were like found in a hotel myself, in New York. Yeah. Yep. Hotel in New York. Found myself uh more impressed than I expected to be, intrigued. I thought the hinge felt sturdy. Everything was like better than I thought it would be. Yeah. Maybe not nineteen hundred and eighty dollars better, but like better than I expected. Yeah. Yeah. Then what happened? Then nothing. No, 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 no. <laughs> no raging controversy. Yeah. Uh, okay, so here's the timeline. Uh, hands on Monday. Um, got a review unit. Uh, very excited. No embargo at all, so we can just do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. But I decide not to like spend my day tweeting about it. I was going to spend my day using it and letting it get photos and working with whatever. Cramming debris Cramming in the debris. hinge oh with a toothpick. <laughs> uh, Tuesday night, uh, like, I don't know, 7 o'clock or something. Uh, I look at it, and there's like a bump. 
on the crease towards the bottom of the phone, like a little bump. And I'm like, what is this? And I like, it feels like there's something hard underneath it. I think it's hard. Is it, do I really want to push on it super hard to see if it feels like it's hard or if it's soft? I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know. So I immediately like war text everybody at Samsung, just like, yo, something is weird here. Yeah. Um, Finally, uh, like, get somebody on the phone. I, we do a duo video chat, which is oh very God. exciting because I don't get to duo chat many people <laughs> because everybody has iPhones and they yeah. don't use it. Um, show the crease. I'm like, okay, well, we're going to get it replaced tomorrow. I'm going to want a statement on this. Come in Wednesday morning. I write a whole article. I'm like, I'm going to write a whole article. I got it done at, like, you know, midnight, Tuesday night. And then I just sat on it because I'm going to wait for Samsung to give me a statement. Yeah. It's a responsible thing to do. I have no idea what caused this thing. Can I add just one addendum? Yeah. In tr classic Dieter fashion, uh -huh. there was a lot of you blaming yourself. Oh, yeah. That occurred in my direction. Uh -huh. So I'm mm. getting texts. Dieter's like, I, we must have done something. Yeah. An entire theory was created. Yeah. <laughs> what, Dieter at yelled point, at me at one point because it's I was like, just a, a lump in the crease, right? A lump yeah. in the crease. That's um, all that's happened so far. And you're already. Well, because your, they're your like, life. what could have happened? Because I didn't have the phone the entire time. Other people had it. And like it, you know, could it have like gotten some piece of like mounting clay have gotten in it? Could like sand gotten in it? Could, did someone mm. drop it? And I didn't know. Like a whole, like we just start knocking down these theories left and right. Like there's yeah. no way, there's no way, there's no way. And like, I don't know. It's part of the hinge break. Uh, it's my current theory. Is that part of the hinge broke at some point? Yeah. But um, we don't know. But mm. we don't know. So at one point I say to Dieter, we don't know. We don't have to take the blame because we don't know. Right. We right. will happily take the blame once we do. And, and Dieter got mad at me because he <laughs> he so believed that he had broken the phone. <laughs> anyway, so we're waiting the next for morning statement. comes. The next morning comes. Uh, I open up the phone. It sat overnight. Did, I did nothing. I uh, you know I was very careful not to push too hard on the bump. All the stuff. Uh, I'm not gonna pop it like a zit. Yeah. Which is gross. Gross. Wow. But would have played huge on Instagram. <laughs> It was like one of those that's like like deep in the skin and like yeah. you, you know what I mean you know it's coming like but it's painful. gonna it's yeah. gonna take like a week mm. to show up yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, come into the office like all right, I need better photos and we should probably shoot a video just in case uh, even though I don't want to put it until we have the review blah 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 open the phone up to show people the bump and uh, there are uh, the lines that you get when there's a crack in a screen. Yeah. Just like there's a hor there's a horizontal line and then a vertical line grows and like, yep, the screen is now officially broken. Mm -hmm. So I war text Samsung again. <laughs> They're like on their way to deliver me a replacement. Uh, they deliver the replacement. Um, I have taken a bunch of photos. Yeah. Um, there's with, a second bump though. There's another bump that has appeared underneath the first bump in the yeah. same way that if you have no, uh, gross. growth. We have, can we stop doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, it's, stop it. <laughs> um Screen is broken. Second bump, very bad. I no longer have the phone. I believe it's being it has been sent to Korea for yeah, it was diagnosis. Dri driven straight to the airport. Um, I offered to cut it open with an exacto knife to look at it. I was told not to do that, and I chose to <laughs> abide by that. Um, you do sign like an agreement that you won't try and like intentionally destroy these phones when you get a review unit. So. Yeah. Um, anyway, so then I, you know, I'm sitting on the story. We rewrote the story, and uh, then. I see on Twitter, Steve Kovacs uh, phone was busted mm -hmm. and I'm like, ah, and Steve I, works for CNBC. He works for CNBC. Um, his review unit was busted. And I'm like, okay, well I'm, I'm going to publish. I'm, I, I told Samsung, I can't wait for the statement anymore. It's been hours, uh, publish the story. And then like the internet has already begun to explode because, uh, other journalists have had their phones like ruined. Um, 
Mark Gurman at Bloomberg and Marquez Brownlee. Yeah. Uh, and wait, also Joanna wait. Stern at, uh, at the Wall Street Journal has a slight problem with hers, although it hasn't uh, exploded into a full-blown disaster for her yet. Yeah. Can, yeah. Can you rewind just a little bit in the emotional journey? Yeah. The moment that you found out that you weren't the only one, yeah. how did that feel? It was uh, very exciting. I had actually been planning on, like, if I didn't get hear an answer, just, like, quietly texting a bunch of reviewers and finding out if I was the only one. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Twitter took care of that problem for me. <laughs> yeah. The the backfire of the no embargo is when your $2,000 folding phone breaks, everyone can just say it at once in real time. <laughs> yeah. People were accusing us of, like, being in cahoots. <laughs> there are a bunch of people on Twitter, like, oh, you must have, there must, like, Samsung yeah. must have known it was broken. And so they made you all sign an embargo that you wouldn't write about it until it was easy. Exact same time because if you were on Twitter at around like what was like two o'clock Eastern yesterday, yeah. you, and you just happened to follow a bunch of tech journalists, like within five minutes, it went from nobody was talking about the fold to it was the only thing that existed in the world. Well, so importantly, and I think this is the key point for me. Yeah, these phones broke. I don't actually know what happened in Joanna's, but these phones broke in at least three different ways. Uh, I count two. Okay, what well, are there, your three? So there's yours. Well, I count, okay, I count. I count. Definitely two, possibly three. Right. And right. I, you know, I told you not to take the blame for it, but it was, it's your fault. It's great. You, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you created some sort of psychokinetic disturbance and raised a bump. Look, man, uh, I, grew up, I grew up a Lutheran. It's original <laughs> sin. Uh, so there, you had the bump, the bulge. The bulge. Yep. Uh, so that's one way it broke. The bulge. Yep. Uh, at CNBC, Steve Kovac, his just the screen just yeah. it's just flickered out, so like the one side of the screen doesn't and work. It looks like pretty bad. It looks, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I think Marquez and Mark Gurman, yep, they did a thing which, <laughs> I mean, it's a user error, but it's totally understandable. Uh, I almost, I, 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 I will tell you that I almost did the exact same thing. So everybody knows me, but I'm assuming people who listen to the Virtual have purchased a new phone. <laughs> recently in their lives. Uh, you buy a new phone, it's got a plastic cover on the screen. First thing you do is you peel that off. Yep. It's just the, the normal thing that you do. S- some models of the Fold, mm-hmm. apparently like the T-Mobile version, has a little sticker that's like, this plastic film on the screen should not be removed. Yep. The one you got did not have that sticker. That's correct. I got a unlocked European version. Um, well, everyone knows Europeans, just they don't, they don't take any I, plastic films off their phones. Samsung never told me that it was like a, a sample or a prototype or anything. They yeah. they're, they're now calling them sample units, which oh I find a um, little little retconny. Yeah, but mm. whatever. Anyway, so uh, Mark Gurman and Marquez Brownlee went to peel off what is called a screen protector. Eh, it's like a it's like a protective polymer film. Yeah, but like <laughs> it doesn't imply that removing it will destroy the phone. Yeah, which it's is like, the thing it's like that he- happened. It's like human skin is an organ protector. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, man, we are deep in the dermatology game today. My sister's a dermatologist. She's going to be horrified. Your skin is your largest organ. My, anyway, she tells me this all the time. I hope you're all hydrating. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, so this thing that looks like either the, like the shipping film that you yep. get on a phone or mm. is called a screen protector is actually not. Yeah. It appears to be a key part of the screen So that when you remove it, the screen breaks. One of the things that you probably don't think about when you're thinking about a phone like this is the the screen, you know, it's flexible. And so it, it has a different, like, physical structure to it than you're used to. When you get a phone these days, it's a beautiful, seamless, glossy slab. And the glass melts perfectly into the metal rail and blah, 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 blah. 
The Galaxy Fold is not that thing. No. It has a plastic rail that runs around the edge of the device that sort of like holds the screen down underneath it. So it's not it's not a bezel. It, like the screen is there's a plastic rail over the screen and the best metaphor I've been able to come up with is like it's like the the metal thing that holds a piece of carpet down before you get to the, the tile or the hardwood. Mm-hmm. The technical term is a carpet threshold, by the way. I had to look this up. Mm. Um, and so there's that and then Within that, there is the extra layer of plastic that doesn't – there's like a tiny little gap there. So it looks like a screen protector within that thing. Um, and so it it looks like a screen protector. But there's like – there's extra layers of like how does this screen work than we're used to. And I have a theory. I don't know if it's true. But my theory is like this thing could – they could have shipped this thing without that. But because, you know, it's a delicate piece of OLED film stuff yeah. – they wanted a little bit more protection for it because if you ding this extra layer, it's, they could theoretically like, you know, squirt some goo gone on it, take it off without damaging the screen, replace it, or maybe there'd be like a service option or something. I don't know. Yeah. But you'd rather you'd rather get a little ding or a nick in a, like a protective layer of film on top of the screen than you know the quote unquote screen itself. Yeah. Is my theory. I, I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a good theory. Yeah. It, again, I think it's rooted in in. You blaming yourself? Well, <laughs> they should, like they should. There should have been like the box should have had a little like, like, uh, like pop up book diorama that when you open it, yeah. it's like don't touch this thing. <laughs> well, I think they made a huge mistake in calling it a screen protector or making it look like a screen protector or not telling you. Like, yeah, it is clearly an integral part of the screen. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just it, it's another layer that's glued on there with special flexible adhesive, but yeah. like. It it looks like a screen protector. It's part of the screen, even though it's technically like just another thing that's glued on top yeah, of it. And they should have they should have had it run underneath the carpet threshold. Yeah, the bezel. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I take your point. Like, if you yeah. scratch it, maybe you want to replace it. Maybe I don't know. Every T-Mobile store is going to have a special little oven. <laughs> you know, and like that's how you peel it off. But it's like very clear that peeling it off damages the screen. Yeah, because there's at least two reports from yeah excellent and, tech yeah. reviewers. The third report from Joanna was she she tweeted a picture of like the corner of her screen where she had started, started to lift it off. It started peeling off. Did yeah. she do it? Uh, no, she said it started peeling off. Oh, God. Uh, so this is what I mean. Like, depending on how you look at it, there's like between two and three different ways yeah. it broke. And so yours broke spontaneously. Steve Kovacs at CNBC broke spontaneously. Mm-hmm. These other ones are pretty... I would say pretty excusable user errors in the sense that oh, completely. It, this thing looks like a thing that you can remove on every other phone in the world, and yep. they were not instructed such. Mm-hmm. And then Joanna's, which is peeling. Yeah, that's a lot for a two thousand dollar phone that's supposed to be a showcase of a new technology. It's a lot for any phone. Like some uh, some of the feedback I got is quit saying that this is unacceptable on a two thousand dollar phone because it's unacceptable on any phone. Yeah, but if it was like twenty bucks, you'd be like, yeah, this this thing's Oops. a piece of crap. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but this is like a. This is their their flagship thing for the yeah. year. Is the fold? Mm-hmm. They need to show it off. Yeah, and they blew it. <laughs> like yeah. the first question we had is, are they? It's supposed to ship next week. Mm-hmm. Are they going to ship it? Yes. That's they finally gave bonkers. us a statement saying we're still planning on shipping it. After their other statement, which we should get into. I mean, it seems like we will know very quickly if the model they ship is of exact same quality and um, information design as the first one. As the review unit, because in one or two days, like a million yeah. people will break this. Or a T-Mobile executive tweeted the box and was like, "No, look, like here's the 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 retail model on ours yeah. says don't remove this." Yeah, John Ledger's mm-hmm. running around the warehouse, slipping stickers on all the boxes. <laughs> uh, but that doesn't account for how yours broke. 
Nope, right. does not. Uh, and it certainly doesn't account for how it appears Steve's broke or how it appears Joanna broke, which is they, they spontaneously like broke. And this is this is like one or two days. Yeah. yeah. Which is it, it almost it's it's almost a best case scenario for something that fails. Like, you know, Apple the problem with Apple keyboards is that it will it will be three months in and yeah. all of a sudden you don't have a space bar anymore. Here you quickly realize the 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 error of your ways. Yeah. <laughs> the error of your spending $2,000. Well, yeah. I, it, it's just, I mean, it, I, we, we will know within one or two days if, if Samsung is the, the shipping model is the exact same quality control as, as Dieter's. Is these quote unquote, I, there is a lot of retconning going on here. First of all, calling them sample units is like hilarious because mm-hmm. it's shipping mm-hmm. in a week. Mm-hmm. So if you're right. still like putting out sample units, yeah, you could just you could just wait one more week and put out real ones. That's a choice you can yeah. make. Uh, then there's the the retconning of calling it a screen protector or whatever, like when it's clearly a part of the phone, right? Like mm-hmm. those are two things where I think Samsung played some word games to get around what actually is happening here, which is fair. I mean, they're yeah big company; they got PR people. That's what they're paid to do. I, the the thing that I think it just didn't occur to them that people would try and peel that thing off because they've been living with it for however long they've been living with it. Yeah. And it just – they're like, oh, wait. Yeah, everyone in the world tries to peel this off. Yeah, it just – like, but they've been – like people inside Samsung have had this thing for, you know – they they say they've been working on it eight years. So they've been messing around with this basic idea for, I don't know, minimum six months if not longer, yeah. right? So let's talk about how yours specifically broke because that's one you had. Yeah. So your theory, again, the one – I have. Dieter yeah. got mad at me for saying he shouldn't just accept it's the truth because we don't know. <laughs> we do not. Uh, is that so when we when we review phones and you look at all the cool shots of us reviewing phones, yep. phones are like floating in midair. Yep. Uh, it turns out we are not able to just levitate a phone. That's yeah. like a although we have done high speed shots and then like reverse them where we yeah. like just drop the phone on a pillow and so it looks like it's like flying slowly through the air. Yeah. But it but there's that's some not, real TV magic happening yeah. with the video team. By the way, I don't know if this ver- the podcast is going up before or after the review, which I'm planning on publishing on Friday. Yeah. Uh, it'll go up after. Uh, it'll go up after. Make sure you watch the review because the cool TV effect shot that we've done is real practical effects and is within the top five or like top three or maybe the best like effect we've ever done with a camera. It's very cool. It is unbelievable. It's very cool. Anyway, to make this magic, you go watch the video, pull over in your car, watch this video, <laughs> come back. The, the way you make these things happen is you got to hold up the phones. It's so like virtually every phone, we use a little bit of mounting clay, which is just like Play-Doh. And yeah. we stick it on the back of the phone, we stick it with something, and the phone magically is levitating in midair. Yeah. Mm. So Dieter just like is convinced. Initially. Initially that uh, somehow – Mm-hmm. The clay is uh, sticking through the screen. So, could it? There's like there's when you bend the fold. Yeah. There's like a tiny little gap on the front between the the screen and like the gap in there. And then there's also a tiny little gap on the back of the phone on the hinge where like the two book covers like come together. But like we don't think it got in on the front. So like could it have somehow like gotten in those tiny gaps in the back and then like literally worked its way through the gears. I included a gif of Charlie Chaplin going through the gears in modern times and then to get under the screen. Let me just tell you what it's like to Pro- get a probable. series of texts like this at 1145 p.m. <laughs> I mean, I was very... So, I, I okay, was, let's just assume this is true. I was very troubled. No, I was rattled. Let's it just was, assume this is it true. It was the rattle of the bulge. <laughs> assume this is true. 
this is a horrible outcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it means that if you have this thing in your pocket and there's dust or lint or you went to the beach. Yep. Anything yeah. smaller than a lump of clay <laughs> can work its way into the phone <laughs> yeah. and destroy the screen. Not good. I don't think, I honestly do not think this, especially after you see all these other ones, right? Yeah. I don't so, think that's it either. If it was, it's still terrible. Yeah. But I don't think that was it. What I'm just saying, anything smaller than a lump of clay can yeah. work its way into this hinge and destroy the screen is a bad outcome. Yes. We don't think yeah. that's what happened yeah. anymore. Dieter, now you think the hinge itself well, just like spontaneously I mean, I destroyed did, itself. I mean, like, I did, you know, press on the, the yeah. bulge and it did feel like not soft. It didn't feel like clay. It felt clay, hard. Clay notably soft. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then a second one appeared. So like some dust, like dust, some debris. Yeah. Ant colony. But debris is one of those words that like starts to look weird the third time you write it out, you know? Because um, I didn't want to say sand. I didn't want to say dust. I didn't want to say yeah. grit. I didn't want to. Something. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like the generic word for a, a little thing is debris. Anyway, something's in there. So maybe like someone opened or I opened the thing too hard or maybe there was just a failure in the thing. And like one of those tiny, you know, millions of cogs that they have in there, like just got a little crack. And then that piece worked its way up, Charlie yeah. Chaplin style, under the screen. No idea. That's bad, too. Because it's it also that uh, opening it too fast will destroy the phone. Yes. <laughs> I know we haven't dissected it yet, again, because of that agreement. But and we may never get to know because There's Samsung no has chance it. we will ever know what this was. Yeah. But Which this means I can torment Dieter by saying it was his fault <laughs> forever. <laughs> Damn it. But uh, do we know what is under that crease to begin with? Nope. I, 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 Samsung has posted like, you know, some like cool, like Microsoft style, look at all the gears stuff. And mm-hmm. I haven't gone through and looked at every second of footage that they've posted, but I don't think we know what precisely is sitting directly under the screen. If you were to like, just rip the screen off. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. This is going to be a great iFix. I'm really. Oh, oh yeah. Things. Right. Well, <laughs> Jerry rig everything. Like they didn't give him one. He's like, ah. <laughs> he's actually sad. He's like, oh man, the one time I don't get the phone, it breaks on, it breaks on its own. I didn't have to do anything. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the phone is, bro- we've established the phone is, is <laughs> yes. broken and, and okay. the world blew up. And now you have a new one. Yep. Well, no, Samsung gave a statement. We should read some of the statement. Yeah. So, a limited number of early Galaxy Fold samples were provided to media for review. Fine. Uh, received a few reports regarding the main display. We will thoroughly inspect these units in person to determine the cause of the matter. I love that. Yeah. They're not going to have robots inspect them. I have a, a slightly different statement apparently given to a, a Korean outlet in Korean, and I don't trust yeah. Google Translate enough to actually like translate it, but it, it, they're looking into it. Yeah. Um, and then they get into the separate thing about the main display features a top protective layer. Not a screen, a top protective layer, uh, which is Mm -hmm. part of the display structure. Notably, removing the protective layer or adding adhesives to the main display may cause damage. I don't think Samsung wants people to like go buy a screen protector and put it on this thing. Yeah. Especially those like fancy screen protectors where you got to like take a blow dryer to it and heat it Mm -hmm. up and all that stuff. I think if you put anything on this display, it's you, 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 you're going to be putting pressure on a bend that is like, right at the limit of what it's able to do. Even though they can bend it and unbend it, you know, 200,000 times. Yeah. Um, I think that even though we have to sign these agreements saying we're not going to intentionally damage, you know, review units, I think it is like time for us to make an official Verge policy that when we receive any device, we're going to put it in a bag of Doritos and shake it. (laughs) We're going to take poor Doritos on on keyboards. We're going to put it in. Yeah. Yeah, no, look, Max is going to be at Play-Doh age soon. <laughs> we'll just see if we can work some clay into your phone. That's yeah. just what we do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 
separately from all of this, <laughs> you also got to review the phone. Yeah. What do you think? Besides the fact that it's broken. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's like very hard to separate the fact that all of them broke within a day yeah. from the thing. But you, you were kind of so high on the thing. I'm, I'm actually reviewing this phone. Uh, like, Of course, we're talking about the breakage. But I'm going to – the bulk of my review is going to be reviewing it as if it didn't have this catastrophic critical problem that should prevent you from buying it. Mm-hmm. As if it didn't. And in that world, before I knew this thing was going to break, this was my conclusion. This is – the, I've, or actually, let's take it back. This is my conclusion. Andrew, I'm going to start. And before I knew it was going to break, this was my conclusion. I have never used a phone, especially a premium phone, with this many problems <laughs> that I've loved this much. There's the one oh. problem. <laughs> and then we added one more problem to Wait, that list. Yeah. Can you clarify that statement? Are you saying that the pre didn't have a lot of problems or that you love it more than the pre? Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Maybe maybe I should say it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's been a long go. time. Because <laughs> the pre had a lot of problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's been a long time. Yeah. The unfinished operating system being one of them. Um, the protective layer. I'm sorry. What yeah. do they call it? The Yeah, protective layer yeah. Uh, picks up dings like nobody's business. The, oh. the one that I got had like a dimple in it right out of the box, and it's got dings on it that just magically appear. Don't know yeah. how. Um, Android on tablets – Guess what? <laughs> Just guess. I bet you have a guess. It's not. It's not. It's not great. Yeah, it's this, good. This year, though. This yeah. year, it's gonna happen. This mm-hmm. year. Wait, did you have? Did you have like a moment where you're sitting down and you're using the tiny little screen? Like, Psh, I wish I had this on a tablet. And then you're like, Oh, I do. I could. And you swag it open, and the app jumbo sized. And like, did you have the moment? Um, no, no, I sort did. of. I played with Peter's phone for five seconds and I had that. Yeah, no, I had that moment, but I never had the moment where I was like using the tiny screen because the tiny scene is so patently ridiculous from (laughs) the jump that you never try. The tiny screen is definitely not big enough to do anything on. Uh, I've got lots of high fluting ideas why I like this thing. Um, When you're sitting in a meeting and there's a bunch of people at the conference table and you pull out your phone and start doing stuff on it, you're the asshole. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. You're like, "What what are you doing? You pull out. The fold, though, you've got a tablet. You might be checking the Google Doc for the meeting notes. You might be, like, doing something important. Um, The ideal form factor is the one that makes it look like you're paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Reading Kindle books on this thing is great. Yeah. It Mm -hmm. is, like, the exact – it feels like it's the exact size of, like, a regular old Kindle. But you can also turn it sideways and get two columns of text if you want. Mm -hmm. Um, Video's fine. Like, the screen is actually, like, pretty bright and color accuracy is good. It just, you know, has dings and a crease. (laughs) And also breaks. <laughs> oh yeah, we haven't even talked. Provocation. We haven't even talked about the crease. Yeah. Um, multitasking, like the Samsung has this weird like three panel system. It's janky as hell. Um, if you have three window app windows open or two app w- windows open, and then you close it, and then you open it again, all of your windows just disappear. Yeah. They don't know how to save state. Um, you know, there's just like jank and weirdness, but. When you just like use it as like a basic Android phone, but it's just big. It's like a little two little tiny tablet. It's about the same screen size as an iPad mini. It's a little bit smaller, but you don't get the iPad mini's bezels. Um, you're like, oh, this is this is amazing. Uh, and it it the other high flutin idea I have about it, um, and this is definitely going in the review, is you pull your phone out and you intend to like look at that notification, and then all of a sudden, forty five minutes have disappeared. 
because yeah. you're on Instagram and you're on this or you're on that. You've got these like th- these phones are designed to like fill those downtime moments. They're like these in between moments when you like just want to look at a thing for a second, and then that second turns into an hour. Yeah, you can't do that with the fold. Because the tiny screen is so bad and so tiny and so impossible <laughs> to type on and so impossible to do anything on that you, like, will do one thing and get be done. Like, mm-hmm. I, I literally – the only things I have on that tiny screen are um, Google Maps, Spotify, and Hold Down. And yeah. then I can use it on the subway. And that's it. Um, when you open it up, you're using it. Like, you're mm-hmm. doing a thing. You can't, like, casually, like, without really paying that much attention, just happen to accidentally have your phone in your hand for 45 minutes. It's like a thing you have to mean. Yeah. Right. And so it like it exists on either side of like what what makes phones so like addictive, but it doesn't exist in that middle. And there's lots of problems that because like you can't hold it in one hand and like, you know, there's all it's too thick and it's too heavy. Yeah. And blah, 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 blah. But there's something really compelling about a device that forces you to either mean it or not use it at all. Yeah. Or that just breaks in a day. So you I can't mean, use it at all. Like, how do you solve self addiction? Wouldn't, wouldn't it be cool if I, like, didn't have to? If I, I could, like, say I these have, things and you could actually think about it and go, hmm, the only problem is it's $2,000. I have instead. thought about this. Now, yeah. this, is a, this is a classic scenario of a status symbol. Very yes. expensive and very obvious that you have it, right? Mm-hmm. I always had this theory that the original Beats headphones, the original Beats wireless headphones had horrible battery life. Yeah. And they stopped doing any audio once they ran out of battery. So I assumed when I would see someone on the street wearing Beats headphones, there was a 50-50 chance that they're out of battery and they were just (laughs) wearing Beats headphones to be seen. So I could imagine the scenario where somebody's at a coffee shop or at a conference or whatever, and they're standing in the corner. They have to be in the corner so nobody can see whether or not their screen is broken. And they're (laughs) out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to happen. That's how I feel about AirPods now. No, AirPods AirPods people. And I'm just like, whatever you're listening to sounds bad. I know it in my heart and you know it in your head. And that's where we are. In your ears. Uh, I don't think they're dead though. I think people. AirPods have decent battery life. But, all right. The crease. We got to just wrap up. Can you see it? Do you feel it? Does it bother you? You can see it. You can feel it. It should bother you. Can you feel the screen, it? Yeah, you can feel it. Oh, yeah. The screen temperature is slightly different on either side of it. Oh, um, oh there's a th- there's another huge problem we got to get into. Um, uh, oh, no, I know. Separate know from the crease. Um, when you're looking at it dead on and you're just, like, using it, you accept it. Mm-hmm. And, like, you don't, like, see it. It doesn't like viscerally hit you in the face. Yeah. So it, it kind it it's basically comparable to a notch, but it's like a little bit more severe because like it's a it's definitely a crease. Um, but it does like become a little bit like you come blind to it in the same way that I don't know like you don't see the spine on a book. I don't know like what's a yeah. what's it like if you had a, if you have like a a dot in the middle of your vision like literally on your eyeball or a, like your glasses are scratched. Eventually your brain like sees around it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's kind of like that. The crease. Yeah. The notch is more annoying because uh, none of the video apps have any sort of way to pinch out to, like, get rid of the notch in the video. And so the only way to not have your video be notched off in the corner is to change the entire phone to notchless setting. (laughs) And then you lose that entire top bar of the screen. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Also, the notch is a ridge. Like, you're talking about the ridge over the whole thing. There's, like, a little plastic. The the carpet protector? Yeah, the carpet rail. So, like, there's that ridge, and then the, the notch has a little plastic. Yeah. It's all very confusing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but that's not the, the thing. I know. The, I know the thing you're about to talk about. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna back into this. Okay. Uh, when you have a smartphone screen, there has to be a thing that like tells the pixels what to do, right? The controller, whatever. What's mm-hmm. it called? 
The controller. The controller. Sure. Um, turns out that that controller is usually on the top or the bottom of your screen for a very good reason because it takes a millisecond longer for it to hit the opposite side of the screen than the where it's at for the pixels to do what they're supposed to do. So when you scroll, if you look very, very carefully, especially at like, you know, low end phones or certain old phones or whatever, you can actually see the thing you're scrolling kind of compress or expand depending on where it is on the screen. If you really look, especially if it's like a black square on white, you will see it. Hmm. Now, the fold uh, can't have a controller on the top or the bottom of the screen because it folds horizontally. So they put the controller on the right-hand side of the screen. So when you scroll, the right-hand side of the screen is slightly more reactive and faster than the left-hand side of the screen because it takes a second, you know, millisecond for the refresh rate to go across the screen. Um, you don't see it. You don't think about it. You don't notice it. And then someone points it out to you. And then you're like, do I see it? Do I see it? And then you never unsee it. I can see it on my 10s right now. Yeah, are you holding it horizontally? You sure am. Yeah, and you can see a little bit of wave. You know, we we yeah. call it like uh, what's what's the word we use? Like rolling Jiggling shutter, Je jelly. It's a little jelly. bit of jelly, jelly scrolling. Mm. Um, and and so like because it's such a big screen, and maybe it's maybe the refresh rate is not as fast as it ought to be on you know this flexible panel or whatever. The jelly scroll yeah. is like pretty pronounced. When you scroll, the whole display goes like. Diagonal. Yeah. It's it's wild. Yeah. And you mm. don't see it at first, but once you see it, you like see it. And if you if you shoot it with a high speed camera, the kind that like causes that those like black bands to go across mm -hmm. the screen, those black bands are actually the screen refreshing. Yeah. And you can see it like stepping down across those black bands. Like you see literally the refresh happening. This is a lot of compromises in this phone. This is yeah, this is but, way too many compromises in this phone. But it sounds like you like it conceptually. I mean, my my biggest yeah. worry. Let, let's say they got all the technical kinks out and it just works wonderfully, right? Uh -huh. My biggest concern is that this seems too big to put in my pocket. It is too big to put in your pocket. So it doesn't feel like a phone anymore. I have never had a phone with this many problems that I liked this much. <laughs> like this many problems should make you just want to throw this thing away, but you right, don't want to right. because it's a it's like a beautiful little iPad Mini that you can stick in your pocket. Except yeah. it runs Android. <laughs> so, so you just said you don't put it in your pocket. Well, you can like put it kind of in your back pocket. Like you can, cargo you can put it in your pocket. Yeah, yeah. you need cargo shorts. It That's actually the, yeah. the biggest compromise of all <laughs> is that it comes with a pair of cargo shorts that can't be removed uh, and that, that destroys the phone. I mean, bring Ugh. back holsters. No. No. We got to wrap this up. Dieter's like getting cargo shorts and a holster to use his broken folding phone. <laughs> Where we should so uh, there's many more folding phones coming out. We've yep. seen like three of them. Uh, Motorola is going to do some like weird vertical razor thing. They all use the same core underlying technology: these plastic folding OLED screens. Yep. I think the question is whether they're all going to have the same problems or similar problems. Yeah, yeah. Like that's really what we're learning. Like maybe this is a Samsung problem, and they just forgot to engineer a hinge to block out items smaller than a lump of clay uh, and they didn't do the screen. Like maybe that maybe these are all Samsung execution problems. And when Huawei puts out the, the mate 10, whatever it is, mm -hmm. uh, it's not going to happen, even though that screens on the outside. And that seems like dense city. Maybe Motorola is like, or maybe this is like inherent to these plastic OLED screens. And I, I think we just don't know, but that's the thing we're about to discover. 
Samsung also put out a phone that literally exploded. Like, you, <laughs> it's hard to yeah. to know right, where the blame lies right the, now. The, the exploding phone came in a landscape of primarily non-exploding phones. What is so disconcerting about this is that this is our first experience with a folding phone, and I and I want I want it to work out. I don't, but I don't want anybody to feel burned by it. Like, yeah. I want yeah. that person to spend two thousand dollars on the phone because they because they're going to look really cool. Right. Yep. And get marginal utility out of it, but not be mad when it breaks. And mm -hmm. so I want everybody to be happy so that f five years from now, when I buy the super thin, affordable, great folding phone, you know, it's all been it's all been worked out. Well, I will say the narrative of this phone is is all but set. Yeah. Right. It's not a mainstream product. You're not going to put it out. And then everybody remember the iPad came out. We everyone made jokes about the name. And then like 20 minutes later. Millions of people have iPads in the jokes away because, like, the, the culture had just taken the thing away. Yeah. Hmm. Like, that's not going to happen to this thing. Like, 10 people are going to buy this product. And all anybody else is going to know is that the screen broke within a day of, like, all the reviewers having it. Yeah. It's going to take them some generations to, to get to the place where – right? But the first thing anyone is going to do with a folding phone now is – I don't throw right. clay at it until it breaks. Right. But you don't get you don't get more generations if this is a completely losing proposition. Uh, uh, we got another generation of the note. They they brought that back from explosions. Right. Yeah, they didn't even but, like really mention it. They're like, but, uh, <laughs> not to worry. This time we've tested for I just explosions. Think, I think the risk of re re releasing another note was mitigated by the fact that there had been other notes that didn't explode. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that this this bumpy rollout is gonna make, stop them from iterating and refining folding. Yeah, okay. Like everyone seems committed to it, so we'll see. Right. But we'll see. All right, we got to take a break, then we got to talk about Apple and Qualcomm because that is just surprises for days. We'll be right back. Support for this podcast comes from Canva. They say Rome wasn't built in a day, but you know what you can get built in a day? Your creative deck. You can generate creative decks to use for all your important presentations with Canva. Thanks to their AI, you can start with a simple prompt and watch Canva go to work. You want a sales presentation for a tech company? Done. Create an employee onboarding plan? No problem. Just type it in and watch Canva work its magic. You'll have generated options in seconds. Choose your favorite style, customize the content, and you're done. It's a serious time saver at work. So whatever you do at your job, Canva presentations can give you a head start on your deck. You can generate sales presentations, marketing decks, HR onboarding plans, you name it. It's AI for every department. It's easy to learn, it's even easier to use. And because it's built in Canva presentations, you can stay focused on the task at hand with no app switching. Finish your deck faster. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com, designed for work. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. 
Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Okay, we're talking about Apple and Qualcomm, and they settled their lawsuit. I'm, I'm teeing you up, Neil. Yeah. You just want to jump into it. <laughs> I'm, but... so, I'm like raring to go. <laughs> we were expecting. You remember this, the the Samsung Apple trial? We got discovery, which meant that executives had to go on stand and speak on the record, and internal documents from the companies got released in court records, and we found out all this exciting dirt about the birth of Android and how pissed off t- uh, Steve Jobs was and Eric Schmidt and, like, all this really juicy, exciting stuff. And uh, this uh, lawsuit between Apple and Qualcomm, we've talked about it before. It's been a while. But it boils down to um, Qualcomm has a million patents, and they want phone makers to pay them a percentage of the cost of their device, not just a flat rate for, like, licensing their patents and getting their chips. And Apple thinks that that is highway robbery, and they're very pissed off about it. That's like the core of it. And uh, they have been escalating their rhetoric to a high level of vitriol. And uh, Apple had started putting Intel chips in its you – know, Intel modems in its phones. And so we were like – these people did not look like they were willing to like negotiate or settle. They hate each other. And it went to trial. And we're trial. like, here we go. Yeehaw. Yeah. Documents. Yeah. Tim Cook on the stand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're like, we're ready for it. And mm-hmm. then after the first day – uh, they announced they settled, and then like 45 minutes later, Intel announced that it was no longer making 5G modems. <laughs> We're done with that. So that's like a wild ride. Yeah. I will say the first day of this trial, the opening arguments uh, were legitimately just like comedy level because you know patent licensing, modem chips, they're complicated. Yeah. Hmm. So Apple's lawyers tried to do this like earthy, you know, like – Folks, let me explain to you what's going on here, right, to the jury, because I think the jury is mm-hmm. dumb. Did they have so, a hip analogy? Oh, no. <laughs> let me just read this to you. This is like a Kentucky Fried Chicken that refuses to sell a bucket <laughs> of chicken to customers. First, you have to go to a different counter, KFL, Kentucky Fried Licensing, and you have to go pay the eating license fee before they'll sell you any chicken. <laughs> That's what they went with. I'm already <laughs> lost. I'm already lost. That's what they, they went with Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh, Kentucky like Fried all Licensing. All the things that you can buy. I want to know, when they were preparing this, this opening argument, how many other fast food restaurants they went through before they landed on KFC Is as it the being the thing aspect? they think would work. No. Like, you need a bucket of patents, and so you need a bucket of chicken? No. That would have been better. <laughs> No, they just went with KFC because Qualcomm's entire model is they get you to to pay twice. Yeah. Right. Right. And Apple hates paying twice. So if you want to buy in any other scenario, so I'm going to do it too. Oh, God. Here we go. If you go to Hardee's, what's what's the burger at Hardee's called? I hate this so much. No, but think about your actual phone. Yeah. You purchase a phone. Mm-hmm. Your phone uh, is full of parts. Yep. Those uh-huh. parts are encumbered by thousands of patents. Mm-hmm. You don't have to buy a patent license to buy your phone and use it. Right. Right? So, like, mm-hmm. I bought a phone. Dieter, bought, Dieter received a Galaxy Fold. Yeah. Samson, he broke it very quickly uh, on purpose. <laughs> it broke. With great intention. I didn't break it. It broke. Uh, you, you, Samsung's not making Dieter pay a patent license fee to, to get the Fold. I don't have to pay a patent license fee to use my laptop. Right? Mm. To buy to get a Qualcomm modem, the Foxconn, Pegatron, those companies are required to also take a license to Qualcomm's patents. 
So you right. pay a patent licensing fee, and that's the only way Qualcomm will get you to, to buy the chip. There's right. like a million different ways that you can that Qualcomm would spin this as like being totally reasonable. Apple thinks this is the worst. Foxon thought this is the worst. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is not so hard to explain because it's, I just explained it. It's a lot easier to explain than the KFC analogy. And what we went to instead, and I'm just going to read this again. It's like a Kentucky Fried Chicken that refuses to sell a bucket of chicken. First, you have to go to KFL, Kentucky Fried Licensing, which is, it doesn't exist. <laughs> like, you have to, you're asking this jury to invent another counter in a KF, anyway. So that happened. Uh-huh. Like, so wait, one wait, theory wait, wait, is wait, 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 one second, one second. What you're really doing is you're going to KFC, you're buying a bucket of chicken, but to be allowed to buy a bucket of chicken, you also have to buy a license yes. to the recipe to the chicken. Yeah. Although you are not allowed to use that license, that recipe to make your own chicken. Potentially, so you have to. You yes. have to. I mean, we. Wh- how, I'm not sure how this particular. Case how have operates. we not brought seven herbs and spices into this metaphor? <laughs> I've changed the, the license is clearly for the seven herbs and spices. So but another isn't good Qualcomm's analogy. argument that they also have like they also control like if you make a bucket that they also make the bucket. I don't know. Never mind. Because they, they're like their their patents are, aren't just for the thing inside their chip. It's for like a whole host of other things. I feel like I'm just, I'm getting older by the second. <laughs> like I'm dying. What about, what about the mashed potatoes? <laughs> it's all bad. What about the bowl that it has like all of the foods all at the same time? Meanwhile, right. Intel can't even figure out how to make coleslaw. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's bad. So like Intel's like, what is this? Is this chicken? Like, we don't know. We, we've never been able to identify a chicken. Okay. Okay. On it's a serious. Kentucky fried pigeon. Yeah. On a serious note. Is the fact that nobody can make the chips that Qualcomm makes because Qualcomm has the patents? Okay, so this is like a deeply complicated secondary layer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The 5G is a standard, right? So mm-hmm. a bunch of – you invent the stuff, you give the – so the, the way you like – from a classical sort of economic sense, the way you create incentives to buy into the standard is – or to – to develop against a standard is Qualcomm does a bunch of forward investing. They, they do all the R&D work to invent the technologies for 5G. They go to the standards group, who el- whoever else. Huawei's there, Ericsson's there, so on and so forth. They say, okay, here's a bunch of technology we've invented. We're going to put our patents into the standard pool, and anybody can make stuff that uses or interoperates with the standard, and we will promise that we will license this out uh, for fair, reasonable, non-discriminatory rates. Frand. You might remember Frand mm-hmm. from the Apple and Samsung trial, yeah. right? Where so where Apple had all their patents and trade dress and trademarks and blah 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 on iPhone stuff, and Samsung had a billion patents on Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and Frand stuff. And mm. Apple literally, Tim Cook said to me at a code conference when I said, "Why is this trial still going?" He said, "We just want to make the Frand system better." Uh, and like the code conference audience laughed at him because who gives a shit? <laughs> like that is the most ridiculous like nobility. Uh, th- it was just it was a waste. At the end of the day, Samsung paid some money. They took it all the way to Supreme Court. They took it all the way down. And you know what? Everybody's still making phones. Samsung, their phones do break after a day. Just put it out there. Um, but one right, of like, their phones. It's one of their phones. The other phone exploded. <laughs> 
0 for 2. <laughs> It's, hey, it's yeah. like this it's is like, basically it's libel. It's like, it's like it's not. It's, it's two, two flagship Stop phones. Stop libeling Samsung. They've they've put out like twenty flagship phones. Oh, okay. fine. Anyhow, the point of this is that trial was obviously a waste, right? Mm. Like we they did all the stuff, and at the end of the day, someone paid some money. Whatever. No friend issues were, were truly resolved. In this case, Qualcomm's big set of patents. Some of them are. Uh, Friend. Some of them have to be licensed out as part of the standard. Fair, mm-hmm. reasonable, non-discriminatory. Some of them don't. But Qualcomm just makes you sign a blanket license when you want their modems. So mm-hmm. that's what Apple's objecting to. It's like, this is extortionate. This isn't fair, reasonable, non-discriminatory, blah, blah, blah. Intel, though, has access to the standard. Huawei has access to the standard. Samsung makes a bunch of stuff, has access to the standard. So you could As Apple, long as they pay Qualcomm. No, as long as they let, as long as they pay into the the standard pool, yeah. license the full <laughs> set of five G patents, can, can and take them back out. Can we actually like? I think that the way I see this, um, and Wait. I think actually the way ben, I'm going to zoom out from the legal argument yeah. just for half a second mm-hmm. is from like the like legal how should the Fran system work perspective from like the moral perspective. Like I think Apple probably has a little bit of high ground here. But it seems obvious that from a leverage perspective, from a power perspective, uh, Qualcomm had Apple over a barrel. So I think what happened here – so with LTE, um, they were able to go to the Intel chips, right? And Qualcomm mm-hmm. spent a bunch of money and they owned a bunch of LTE patents. And if you look around the industry, there's Qualcomm modems everywhere, right? And Great. Apple went to Intel, said, make us these LTE modems. It took them a couple generations. This last set of phones, exclusively Intel modems, people th- generally think they're not as good as Qualcomm modems. Mm-hmm. In the grand scheme of whether you're using iOS or Android, that's not enough to sway a purchase. But the Qualcomm modems generally perform faster on LTE. It's just a thing that the industry kind of knows. Then you get to 5G and Intel just doesn't get it right. They just don't have it. Like Qualcomm first demonstrated their like millimeter wave 5G modem like a year and a half ago. Like super wonky trade so stuff, right? Like mm. here's a booth, it's a white box, there's a chip, there's like a LED display that says like two hundred down. Yeah. <laughs> like no one like this is stuff where I we see it at CS, we see it at MWC. It's not even worth writing about. Mm. Qualcomm demonstrates a modem. I assure you, four people care, right? So this stuff is happening in the background. Intel is not demonstrating those modems. They don't have it. In the meantime, it is very clear that Apple's like hiring modem engineers in San Diego, which is where Qualcomm is located. Hmm. So from a leverage perspective, it's, it seems very obvious that Intel just is not going to get it. They're not going to get there. Apple's going to make their own modem in the end. But they can't do it in time for them to put out a 5G iPhone in 2020 or 2021 or however long it's going to take. Hmm. So I think they eventually they just realized they had to cave. My question, and I think people saw this coming a long way away. Qualcomm was ahead in terms of the technology, in terms of shipping the chips. There are 5G phones, right, like in the world right now. They're a little bit silly in the sense that the most available there, one is a Moto mod for the back of a Motorola they, Z3 that there you can was a use really, in like one square foot of Chicago. LG just delayed its 5G phone, and there's a really good quote. We're going to concentrate on the completeness. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're, it's really zen, actually. We're very early in the ramp. But if you yeah. want to ship the phone when the networks are ready, 
when the technology is ready, when you can put it in a small package, you, you need the chips now. Or you need to start the development now. Mm-hmm. And Intel yeah. has nothing. Intel's stock went up when they announced that they were done making 5G motors <laughs> because they were just dumping money into this how, thing. How, is this like Intel's like fourth mobile failure? Yeah. How many yeah. times have they tried? Yeah, and for yeah. a minute, you know, like having the iPhone modem business is yeah. not a bad thing. Yeah. They just literally couldn't get it right. So, okay. Intel. So, well, my, Intel here's my, but here's my oh, question. Yeah. Apple knew this yesterday. Apple knew this a month ago. Apple mm-hmm. knew this a year ago. Mm-hmm. What happened that they got to the KFC argument and they're like, all right, we're, we're out. We're settled. Like they had to know Intel was going to like pull out of the, the business. Right. Presumably Intel told them like, this isn't going well, great. Well, like some people are wondering like what, 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 what happened first? Did this settlement happen? And then Intel's like, you know what? Phew, we're out. Or did Intel like tell Apple, hey, actually, this isn't going to work. You should probably figure something out. And then they settled. And then Intel announced. Yeah, this, this sort of like this chain reaction of events. There's the first day of the trial. They settled just like they put out the press release. The press release is super terse. Mm-hmm. Um, Qualcomm, obviously, like I don't know how to – you can't read into it too much because they won't say the number, but – Apple signed a six-year agreement to use Qualcomm chips with a two-year option to renew. They signed a, a, a license agreement. So Qualcomm got what it wanted. They selling chips yeah. and they got the license. And an unspecified one-time fee from Apple to Qualcomm, which presumably is all of the licensing fees they hadn't been paying already. Yeah. Right? So, like, Qualcomm won. The Apple uh, press release uh, is, has a longer laudatory passage about Qualcomm in it than about Apple. So, you know, at the end of every press release, it's like, Apple is the world's best company and you should mm. only buy it. Like, it's there. There's like mm. two paragraphs of how Qualcomm invented everything at the end of this the, press release. The finest purveyor of patent-encumbered yeah. modem technology. So, <laughs> they, they obviously, like, won running away. So, what happened that Apple decided, we're going to get through opening arguments of this trial and that's when we'll stop. And I maybe that will I, always be a mystery. But I have seen lawyer shows on CBS. Maybe they read the jury. Yeah, that's like what everyone's saying. And it's like, well, then you should have tried harder than this KFC situation. Like, you, you, you like you thought you were going to win this trial at opening argument, and you're like, here's what it's like. It's like buying uh-huh. chicken. Who hasn't bought some chicken? Like, imagine you're Tim Cook, one of the you know, richest company in the world, and you're like, I just want some chicken. Like, mm. why did you think that would have been a good argument? And like, did did you read the jury enough, mm. right? And I, Qualcomm Qualcomm's opening arguments were were basically a sob story. Like, they took all this money away from us. Uh, now our engineers are sleeping in the streets. <laughs> um, you know, we're just we're just out here inventing the future. And big old bully yeah. Apple showed up. Like, may, maybe that. But if you're in a game where you're trying to get leverage, and you think based on your opening arguments that you've lost enough leverage, you need to settle right then. Uh, like maybe your argument was never that good. Yeah. And so like that I, that's to me is going to be the the mystery forever is why do we get all the way here? The one um the one comparison I have uh which is one of my favorite verge moments of all time is Uber and Waymo went to trial over self-driving tech. You remember this? Yeah. The the like the, the dumpster diver. Yeah, he like took his laptop, he downloaded all the files. Uh Waymo which is owned by Google, sued Uber. It was like a whole – I mean, this is like trade secret theft. It was like a whole thing. It was chaos. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and everyone thought Google would w- win running away. And Sarah Jong was at the trial covering for us, and she wrote, um, I think for th- day three or four, she wrote the headline, like, 
Waymo's case is pretty weak. And like there was like dead silence from like the Google PR people and the Google lawyers. And we're like, we probably pissed everybody off. And like 20 minutes later, announcement that they had settled. <laughs> and I was like, we just made them settle. Like we just called them out and they settled. Like we're mm. very proud of that moment. There wasn't any of that moment here. Mm. Right? Like there wasn't any of that moment where like it was just like very obvious that one side was going to – had a weak case. I don't know. Like to me, it's 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 remarkable. It does cement Qualcomm's hold on this industry. And even if you think Apple's going to do – the thing it's probably going to do, which is make its own modems, they're not going to license those modems out to anyone else. Yeah. Mm. Right. So everyone else is still enthralled. It would have been a good thing for Intel to figure this out and become a, a component supplier to the industry because then you get competition. Uh, no, Neilai, we're, we're, we're always we, talking about. You're only allowed to have one big company in each industry. There can only be six <laughs> companies. And now Qualcomm can be half of them. Well, it sounds like the 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 hot thing to do in this industry is to design the spec. And then be ahead on the tech for the spec. So Apple should design 6G with its yeah. brand new poached employees. Well, sure. I mean, it, it's hired an awful lot of employees. I'm, I, a lot of those ex-Intel employees are apparently going to Apple. Mm. Presumably, Apple thinks they're just going to like work harder because they'll be in a spaceship. They're like, this building's a circle. You should be able to figure it out now. Um, but that's sort of the rumor is that they're all going over to the Apple side. Intel is just mm -hmm. like generally struggling at an engineering level. So, yeah. Right. So, like, who knows? Maybe it's all going to work out. But yeah, the game Qualcomm has played to perfection is forward investing in, in the spec, mm -hmm. owning the huge swath of patents in the standard, uh, and then leveraging that against the industry. And so, like, their, their version of this, the, the happy version, is well, we invent all this stuff. Like we we spent the money up front and now we want it on the back end, and everyone else is kind of like, well, shit. <laughs> like you know, like that was basically just, Apple's response to them. It's really frustrating. It's one thing like a typical patent in a, in a in a non-standardized industry. It's like, well, we don't need to make technology that's compatible with your patented technology, so we can go our own way, you know. But in this this scenario where there's a standard and the standard is encumbered by patents, like I, it's it's a, it's kind of it's probably way different. But I know there's been a long term work to get the browser's uh, video playback not be yeah. <laughs> completely just drenched in patents. And same with like image decode. You know, like it it's um because it it really limits. I don't know. It's frustrating. Patents are are garbage, is my opinion. Mm. Yeah, but I just like, don't. How, I don't see how, how how any consumers are 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 benefiting. It's not like five G I mean, wouldn't be worked on and invested in if there weren't these patents. Yeah, I mean, I, this is a huge argument around friend in general. Like, is does this work? Is this how you want it to work? And sort of the arguments are, well, it works everywhere else, right? Like, we are not having this argument about Wi Fi, which is also patent encumbered. We are not having this argument about Bluetooth, which is also patent encumbered. Like, there are. The the this is so wonky, but like the the Frand methodology operates well around the world, and you just never see it. You never think about it, right? When Apple wants stuff, like Frand is like thrown into question. Like Apple wants to sue Samsung. Like all of a sudden, Tim Cook is like, "We need to reset how Frand works." Hmm. Apple is mad at Qualcomm. Like we're having this like patent discussion. Is Qualcomm's business model extremely aggressive? Sure is. But like 
how do you incentivize a bunch of companies to contribute their technology to a standard if they're not the ones who are going to get paid on the consumer end? Like that's a vi- like that is as complicated of an economic question as I think there is. Would Qualcomm just do it the, uh, because they think if they invent good enough stuff for the standard, their chips will be better? Well, that is true because Intel couldn't make them. But like in a world where Samsung can just lift all that tech and make something equally as good, like you probably want to get a return on that investment. So like, I don't know. Like it's it's as complicated as anything. And there are places where there isn't a patent ecosystem like that, and there are lots and lots of places where there are. And it, it just seems to be like Apple sits in the center of it all the time. And they cast themselves as like, the, the victims of an unfair system when they are also the richest company in the world. Mm-hmm. And so like, we'll see. I, I just, the thing that kills me is it would have been better for everybody if Intel had sorted this out. Cause yeah. then you would have had two competitive eco like chips that were being sold as commodities instead of yeah. the Apple world and, and then the Qualcomm world, which is where we seem to be going. All right. That's enough patent talk for today. Mr. Miller. Yeah. Every week you do a segment. Always, it's called Keyboard in the Front Club Honorary Inductee Edition. Okay. So, uh, as you all know, I am the president and CEO of the Keyboard in the Front Club. Yeah. Uh, mostly inspired by the amazing Asus Zephyrus laptop, which has the keyboard in the front, right? Touchpad in the back. Touchpad to the side. <laughs> touchpad to the side. Okay. Hot, hot laptop. Uh, above the keyboard. Yeah. Does this make sense? So you don't have to lay your hands and yep. wrists across hot laptop to right. touch a keyboard. Yeah. Right. Keyboard in the front club, especially for hot gaming laptops. Well, the new Acer Predator Helio 700 has uh, a, a twist on this where the, the key, <laughs> it's so hard to explain. The whole top of of the laptop, where the keyboard and trackpad are, right, it slides forward, revealing fans and and innards of the laptop. Ooh. Um, It slides forward, and the the touchpad, like, tilts down, because now it's off the shelf of the laptop, right? Right. So you're bringing the keyboard towards the front, but it's not technically... In the front, because the trackpad, while I'm guessing not even functional anymore, is still technically still attached and in front of the keyboard. But it's yeah, like in the, it's like in the winter when you've got like a giant sheet of ice on your roof and it like starts to slide off in one big piece, but doesn't quite completely fall off. Yes. And so like some of it's hanging off the eave. Thank That's, you. Yeah, it's just That's slides a very out. good illustration. Yeah, yeah. and it, so basically, the, the it becomes a nice like tapered uh, wrist rest, so you can use your keyboard, which is now basically in the front of the laptop. Uh, because obviously, if you're gonna play a video game, you're gonna plug in a mouse, uh, and so yeah. So we have an honorary inductee in the keyboard in the uh, the front club, and I'm very yeah. excited. Well, I like it. I can't wait for you to have just like 50 gaming laptops. <laughs> That's what that's what your home should look like. like this I is my wall so of gaming much. laptops. All right, let's talk PS Five for five minutes. Wire had a big piece. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say that um, I don't put anything past Sony. Like Sony can say anything that's insane, and I'll believe it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So at one point they were talking about how it would have better audio, and there was a typo in the Wired piece. Okay. So he, the the Sony person was saying like, 
you know, we're going to have this better audio. It's going to be much more immersive. It's kind of sounded like they're going to add Atmos to the PS5 because PS4 doesn't have it. But he's like, but it's it's only going to be headphones and visual surround sound. And I read it and I was like, visual surround? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> and like, I, I, like the rube I am, uh-huh. I just assume Sony's got something nuts. Yeah. Because you, of course, Sony is like, the future is visual. Right. No, 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 no. no. Just, you just were went. just hoping that it was DJ speakers. <laughs> you were just hoping it was light up speakers. Visual That's all you want. Sur- uh, no, it was a typo. They meant virtual surrounds. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Re- reading this piece, it sounded like, like two uh, middle schoolers, um, and like, like imagining one guy's a like, game console. Yeah, and it's like, what do you think the PS Five is going to be like? And like, well, <laughs> let me tell you, it's going to be so good. It's going to have, it's going to have eight K. And <laughs> well, what about the audio? Oh man, the audio is going to be so good. It's going to be three D audio. You know, yeah, like it was a lot. But they're but, they're doing uh, next. They're doing ray tracing. Yep. Which so far has not been anywhere except super high end. Like I think we saw the first. Big ray tracing announcing announcement CS. Mm. And then like the heart of this piece, and Paul, I'm interested where you're taking because the whole world is moving to cloud stuff. Uh, and they're like, it's gonna have an SSD. Bum bum bum. It's oh, the SSD is huge. It's amazing. Okay. It I at some point in this piece they say it's it's kind of vaguely worded, like this SSD is about 20 times faster than a regular SSD. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, or it could be faster than the fastest. I don't know. My guess is that it's it's a um, like M.2, like an NVMe. It's not a SATA SSD. Th- right, this is right. this is the impression I'm getting. So it's not just a, a good SSD that you get in your desktop. It's it's very fast, and that's very exciting. But yeah, the, it, I mean, it, it seems obvious. Uh, it's kind of RAM. Like, yeah, <laughs> when you have a hundred gigabyte game, you're not going to put it all in RAM. So you need a secondary slow RAM. <laughs> yeah, that's what storage on a video game console is. The problem is, is you have these hundred gigabyte games and the, the, the thing they don't mention is what capacity this SSD will be. And right. very fast SSDs are very expensive. So are you going to have a 128 gigabyte SSD that can only hold one game? What if yes. it's a 128 gigabyte SSD and like most of it is designed for just pre-caching what they think you're going to need from the cloud? So it's like half stream, half streaming. Maybe. I don't know. That's they said crazy. it would have physical media too. Yeah. So. Uh, here's, here's the future I envision. Mm. People that live out of the country where they can't get good broadband because our broadband policy, all comes back to broadband policy, mm. is garbage and they – have to have something fast and local. We'll get PS5s. And everybody else who can get good broadband in the cool hip cities are going to get um, Microsoft or Google Stadia. Because then, instead of having like a cool PS5 under their thing, they'll have an amazing, more powerful machine in the cloud. I I don't think this Stadia machine is going to be that much powerful than this PS5. Mm. Okay. Uh, I mean, obviously... It's the cloud. They could upgrade Stadia as soon as the PS5 launches. Also, they haven't launched right. Stadia yet, so who knows? But I, I'm not. Are you that bullish on Stadia? I'm. I'm not. No, but Microsoft is like you know going to be taking another swing, and I'm. I'm talking like three years down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like we're not gonna we're not gonna bring 500 or you know gig speeds to all of America in the next five years. It's just not gonna happen. No. Yeah. But 
it is going to happen, and I do think that we're going to have an, uh, high enough speeds and interesting enough like cloud gaming technologies where the latency will hit an acceptable level for all but the most hardcore gamers. Uh, yeah. I, like that, that in five years, that is a reasonable thing to expect. And so all of a sudden we live in this like five-year-in-the-future world where like y the only reason to buy a PlayStation is because you, you live in a place that can't get broadband. Or they have better games than the Xbox, which uh, has <laughs> historically been the reason to buy a PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, I just it was it's an interesting time for this piece to come out. That was like, there's you know there's the the tech narrative like what are they saying is it cool, 8K uh -huh. ray tracing, visual surround sound. I still want visual surround sound to be true, but like mm -hmm. here's all these specs. It's going to have this SSD situation, and then there's like kind of like the media narrative, which is like why now? Like why? I put this out now. Like, what are you? What are you trying to prep people for? And it seems like the response is, I don't know. Microsoft just put an Xbox One S that is literally the same Xbox One S without an optical drive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Google announced Stadia, and like, well, we gotta have something. Let's just let's just put some letters out there and see what people think. Well, they are prepping people for not having uh, any exciting Sony news at E3. Yeah, that's probably yeah. true. I don't know. It's interesting. I. I just I'm asking the Richcast audience if you can come up with an idea for what visual surround sound is, please let me know because it was a really exciting like hour where I thought it was real and then they corrected the typo. Uh, All right, we don't I, have time, but I just want to say I'm very happy that Google and Amazon have stopped having the stupidest fight in technology and are allowing YouTube on Fire TV and Amazon Prime Video to support Chromecast. It was very dumb. Okay, that's it. It was it was just very dumb. Yeah. All right, that's it. For the Richcast this week. Like I said, there was there's 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 two folds. There's a galaxy fold and there's Apple folding, and those are the two stories. Wow. Yeah, I did it. Okay. I made a funny Dieter. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> We're out. <laughs> We're out of here. We'll see you next week. Uh Tuesday's the interview episode, Friday's the chat show. You can tweet at us, I'm at Reckless, Dieter's at Backlon. Paul's future Paul. We want to hear from you. Just do all the stuff. Sign up to all our podcasts, watch all our videos. Just go to our website as many times as you can in a single day. We love you forever. Rock and roll. Snip, snip. Paul. Thanks to Canva for their support. Canva wants to make your presentations come as easy as those thoughts that pass through your head. And thanks to their AI, you can start with a simple prompt and watch Canva go to work. Choose your favorite style, customize the content, and you're done. It's a serious time saver. Whatever you do for work, Canva presentations can give you a head start on your deck. You can generate sales presentations, marketing decks, HR onboarding plans, you name it. Finish your deck faster. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work.